Hey guys, welcome to the Combo Courses Podcast. My name is Bruce and today we're going to be talking about, I have so many questions that people have been sending to me. It's 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 really a lot, so I apologize. If I, if I do not get to your question in a video or if I respond via email or comment on YouTube or wherever you find me, um, it's because I just have so much stuff going on like, as far as the channels, the it's the growth is happening, so that might be the reason why I haven't gotten to you fast enough. But I'm I'm going through everything right now, and I'm going to address a lot of that today. And uh, and I'm also going to start off with updates to the course. If you happen to be a student of mine, if you happen to be going through everything, I continuously upgrade and update these courses, and um, have been working on lots of stuff in the background. So that might be why I haven't gotten to your comments uh and emails and questions fast enough but i'm gonna address some of them today all right let's start off with um updates to the course i would like to show you a new thing i'm doing with the course this was a request that i i've gotten a few times and i finally implemented this particular change to the course and uh, as you go through it and you should know this is not just paid like if you sign up enrollment is actually free and there's tons of free stuff on my actual uh, on my actual course so just keep that in mind like it's not it's it's just a lots of great content uh, for learning and for us to interact with one another and, and grow in this space so security compliance something a lot of people don't talk about but it's something all of us use on a continuous basis if you think about it cybersecurity as a whole is funny cybersecurity everybody talks about hacking 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 but how many people actually hack you know the only participation that we have with hacking is we get hacked you know but security compliance uh, from the information system security officer work to Sarbanes-Oxley to PCI to privacy. That stuff is something all of us use continuously every day. If you've ever banked before, you have a banking checking account, if you have slid your credit card, if you've interacted with the local state government, federal government, you have participated in security compliance. So it's it's something that we all do on a continuous basis, and it's great to have a place where we can learn together and grow together as security compliance professionals. Or if you're trying to get into this field, that's what this channel is really all about. It's something that more of us need to talk about, so um, that that it really explains the growth of the channel as well. All right, so let me show you a little change that I've made to the actual uh, site, some additions that I've I've had, as you know. We talk about how to get in this space. We talk about security compliance, information system, security officer work. But we've got lots of other stuff coming. It's just going to take a while for us to develop quality content. But one of the things I've been uh, somebody asked me to do was to add a certificate here. So if you go through a complete course, whether it's a free course or a paid course, what I'm doing is adding certificates so that you can have a downloadable that says that you've completed X amount of hours of this or that training. In this case, you know, if you actually completed this 30 minute uh, video with downloadables, it's just congratulations, you've completed the NIST SP 800-53 Rev 5. And the reason why you would want one of these, and it looks like this, let me just show you what it looks like. The reason why people would want one of these is that if especially if you have a, a a certification already if you have an any kind of IT certification from CompTIA Security Plus or if you have an ISC2 CISSP or if you have a CAP or if you have whatever course normally they have something called CEUs um, continuous education units uh, or CPUs continuous professional units they have this thing where you're supposed to learn continuously like when you get a certification from I, an IT certification in particular or IT security certification normally you to maintain it you have to do a certain level number of hours uh, whether it's going back to school or reading a book on IT or security, new security stuff, or if you're taking a course like you do here with me uh, it could be a free and they don't specify well, was this a free course or did you buy that book or they don't specify that. They just say you need to have a certain amount of learning. They do specify like what kinds of learning. Like, for example, in CAP, they say that you should have some learning in 
risk management framework, for example, or in in um, CISSP, they have different domains, and one of those domains is, say, cryptography. So if you, like, read a book on cryptography, you can actually add that as part of your training. Or if you wrote a paper on cryptography, you could actually add that to your CPUs or your CEUs to uh, to maintain your certification. So now you have a downloadable certificate once you go through this. I've, I'm still putting it on each one of the courses, so it's, so far it's on most of the courses, but I'm going to put it on all of them. So if you even have gone through a free course or just downloadables or something like that, you can still download this certificate and use this as evidence that you have trained in this or that for this or that certification. So that's one of the new features here. If you didn't already know, I also have been adding to these certifications. It's something I do on a regular basis, by the way, and I've added to... Uh, this one here. This one is an ever-expanding course. is involving documentation. It's it's all it's already at ten hours. By the way, like I, it's it's already very cheap. Like <laughs> I'm I'm debating just go ahead and upgrading it. So uh, if you haven't already, just go ahead and purchase it now because this one's gonna go up in price. This is ten hours already, and I'm gonna add. I've only added one, two, three four families of controls i'm going to go through all the controls now i i think going forward i'm not going to add as much as i've done on each control like this is really exhaustive i mean it's just each one of the controls i'm breaking them down and um anyway so this is one of the things i've added to this particular course i'm talking about configuration management and specifically i'm talking about how an information system security officer uh what what their participation is in the configuration management portion of this particular course. Another thing I should add is that many of the other security compliance frameworks have some version of configuration management and this should help any of the other frameworks because they're all very similar in that they follow the the configuration lifecycle, they have a something called continuous uh, a a configuration advisory board they have there's a certain process that is that is used among many of the frameworks the security compliance frameworks and that also goes for training continuous training in an organization and the AC family of controls there's a certain if you whether you go to the ISO 27001 or if you go to PCI or if you go to HIPAA or if you go whatever framework and whatever regulation you want to talk about they all have these basic standards so if you were to actually go through this course it will give you a very solid understanding of what kinds of things these organizations are looking for when they're doing security compliance that said one of these days I would very much like to do a completely separate course that dives into ISO 27001, PCI, and all the other standards. I just have this, I'm a one-man show right now, so I just have to have the time to actually do this or link up with some other professionals out there in the field, and um, which I'm actually doing in the back end of this thing, but I would like to expand it and to have other security compliance um, training on here. So that is that. Now I have a bunch of questions I would like to answer here. Let me see here, just so I'm not ignoring people. I would like to be interactive as possible. If you happen to be watching me live here, you can actually ask me any kind of questions and I'll see if I can cover it. But in the meantime, let me go through some of the other questions that I have here and switch it. Okay, here we go. Let me just read read this question somebody sent to me. It says, um, hi, Bruce. Um, I hope all is well. I, I bought and finished the learning, uh, finished learning one of your courses this afternoon. I've fallen in love with your w great works. Man, thanks a lot. I'm getting so much positivity. It's really cool when I get this kind of feedback. I really, I really enjoy it. I really like it. That means I'm going in the right direction. And if you like this stuff, if you've already signed up, there's lots more coming. There's just so much more. Um, I'm that I'm working on that I think that people are really gonna like. It's really different kinds of teaching and deeper dives into this kind of material. So yeah, it's more stuff's coming. So just stay tuned. Um, anyway, they go on to say they go on to say um, 
Uh, now I'm working on passing the CAP exam, which I failed twice. Uh, which one of your courses would you recommend I buy to help me pass the exam? Secondly, I would like, uh, would you kindly do me a favor and look at my resume? Okay, yep. And I've already responded to you. So he's sending me his resume out. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at it. Thank you. First of all, sir, thank you. If you see this message, thank you for buying the course. I really appreciate it. All, it su really supports me to, so I can continue to do stuff like this. I can continue to deep dive into these and make other courses. But to answer your question... Uh, of you're about to take the cap again what what courses do I currently have that will help you out um, I'm actually working on a course right now that deep dives into the ISC2 cap now I've had the cap from way back like when it first came out I've had it for quite a while and I've been doing this work for some time I know a lot about it and I can tell you that you know first of all don't give up that's good that you keep taking it that's really good you know don't ever give up don't don't ever confuse what you the the course the certification that you take with actual experience or actual work that doesn't mean that you can't do the, the job the to be honest with you all the certifications i've taken including the cissp a lot of times it's very different from the actual real world and it doesn't it's not a it's not an indictment on your skills as a professional. Um, it, it's it's very academic in the book, and they use a lot of terms that nobody really uses in the field, to be honest with you. And, and passing the test doesn't necessarily reflect your skill set. I just want to put that out there. And I personally have failed a couple of certifications myself. <laughs> you know, when you're a go-getter and you're trying, you just go out there and you go for it, you know, failure is par for the course. Like, we, you only fail if you quit, really. You know what I mean? Don't stop. And also, you got to fail forward. You know, you got to keep getting up and keep going. And these certifications is kind of like a, I see it as kind of a check mark. You know, if anything, it helps you to focus your mind on, on one domain to know what the common body of knowledge is for that particular um, genre of cybersecurity or IT or whatever, right? So that's the good thing about certifications. But the bad thing is, organizations lean pretty heavily on them and and to be perfectly honest a person with a million certifications you know I, i've my the top two people who train me just to kind of get this put this all in context the top two people who trained me when i first started it were brilliant like just absolutely they were like the mozart of it one guy was really good at unix like he was just it was like he was born with the C prompt, like he, it was in his head, like when he came out of the womb, he instantly knew how to do Unix, you know, the guy was just brilliant at it, you know, and I talked to him every now and then to this day, he was one of my first mentors, and then the other guy was uh, super brilliant, uh, and if you're watching this, Rob Rodriguez, you, you, are, you are a mentor to me, like I, I studied what you do and how you think and everything, but the thing that these two people had in common was that they had they didn't have uh, at, the, at the time that I met them they didn't have a lot of certifications and they didn't have any kind of degrees I mean I'm being completely serious when I met them I'm sure by now they have master's degrees and all kinds of certifications or, or anything these guys had no degrees or certifications and they were the most brilliant people in every meeting and it was what I'm trying to say is a certification doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just, I met people with double E degrees, two or three double E degrees and a PhD and several certifications. And they can't hold a flame to people who are just freshly out of high school because this high school guy is brilliant. So you can't confuse the certifications with the actual skill set and the actual talent. You know, so don't like don't think just because you fail these certifications that you're, you know, that you're and I'm, I'm so glad that you're still going. OK, getting back on your question. So the question was, do I have anything right now to address this? And I can show you what I have, but it's not the stuff I have is not focused on a certification as of right now. So let me show you uh, what ones could help could potentially help you out. Uh, if you are going for a cap. 
So this one right here, this ISO, uh, the risk management framework ISO, kind of it focuses on the documentation piece of how to do it. It's not really for necessarily for passing the the, the uh, IC2 cap, but it it does address some of it. Like the very beginning of it talks about the federal laws and how that maps to the FIPS stuff and then how that maps it to an organization. So you will see that kind of stuff on the test. But it mostly 95% of it is focused on how you actually write and interpret security controls, which is not on the – that stuff's not on the test. But that little 10 5% there, that will be on the test. Let me show you some other stuff here that is probably a better fit for you if you're taking the test. Um, information security found uh, – Foundations, this risk management framework, ISO foundations. This one right here is probably more of what you want. If you really just had to buy something and you're about to take the test, start off with just, first of all, sign up for it. It's free to sign up. And then a solid uh, 30 minutes worth of content here is for free. So you can figure out, okay, do I want to buy this? Is this what I want? But this one right here really goes it's probably 50 percent of what you'll see on the test because it goes into the categorizing the selection of security controls the implementation of security controls the authorization that being said it's not tailored for the test it's really tailored for an information system security officer who's has to do the work who is so it's more practical it's like what do you do if you're in a meeting and they ask you this kind of question what kinds of things do you want to do uh what steps do you need to take to actually categorize it who categorizes the system and how do they normally do it and where's the iso's role in categorization or selection or implementation of security controls that's really the main focus but that said it's more in line of with the ic uh with the cap certification but and there's there's a few tests in there that would will help out a little bit but i would say it will get you 45 to 50 percent there uh, with the certification, I'm working on one that's that's going to be really tailored to not only pass the test and it'll have the kind of verbiage and the kind of mindset that you need to take the test, but it's also going to teach you like what's the practical understanding of 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 the the uh, risk management framework process. That way, when you actually get asked ask these obscure questions, you know the you know the why behind uh, what they're what they're saying in the question, if that makes any sense. Because a lot of times you'll know the you'll you'll have an understanding of what's going on, but the way they word the question sometimes is just very confusing. And I don't know why ISC two does that. You know, to be honest with you, they just use a lot of some of the jargon they use. I think is a little bit. It's just I don't know. It's it's not very helpful. You know what I mean? It's like I felt like when I take the ISC2, the two tests I've taken, the CAP course and the, the CISSP, I felt like it was so broad that as to be useless. <laughs> and I'm not trying to like disrespect people with a CISSP. It's a hard certification. Yeah, you know, you really got to know your stuff to, to pass it and stuff like that. But I just feel like the questioning was so broad that it's like you you can't point to a CISSP and say, hey, you know, like what what skills do you have? You know, you don't know if they're a cryptographer. You don't know if they're a firewall guy. You don't know if they're, you know, they're like a jack of everything, which makes them a master of nothing kind of thing. And for the cap, it does focus on the risk management framework, but it's, it's the way they word it is so broad that um, – I don't know, like none of the terminology that they use is something that I've used in, in agencies or departments or even in the civilian sectors, like very obscure. I mean, it, I mean, it is talking about the FIPS 199 and FIPS 200 and it's talking about a risk management framework, which is NIST 837 and stuff like that. It does talk about those things, but just some of the questions are kind of nebulous. You know, I, it's hard to explain. I wish if I had a question here. 
to show you, you know, that wasn't violating the ethics of the test. You know, I would like to dissect it and tell you, and you would see what I mean. It's very, it's very nebulous because they're trying to make it more of a comprehension type test rather than a knowledge based test that you would get from a from a test like the the CEH, like this this test right here, which is a more technical test. You know, it's it's more like hey. It's very specific, like it's very, very specific. And I, I know like a lot of hacker and pen testers don't respect this test, but this is very marketable, by the way. The CEH is super marketable. But it's what I'm saying is the contracts between the tests like this or, or CCNA, Cisco certification, is it's very specific. Like once you pass the test, you know NMAP. You know it's proven that you know the commands of NMAP. You know what tools to use. You have a list of items in your head of tools to use and kind of hacks that hack techniques hackers use, and you have some i you know idea of what the employer who's going to hire you knows has an idea of what you know. But uh, I can't say the same for CISSP. <laughs> just uh, just that's just my two cents. All right, I had another question here, and I went super overboard with that one um but i will we are coming out with a cap course i've been asked that many uh, probably once a week somebody asked me about that um so it's coming i can't say it's going to come soon it's a there's a lot of work for us to do and we're working on it and i've got two other three other people working on it with me so we've we've got stuff to, to work out on that okay next question is let me say first thank you for what you do wow um, I really enjoy your courses and your teaching style. You have really been a big help for me to learn the risk management framework process. I wish uh, you much success in continuing to bring forth this needed information. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate the compliments. Um, that means I'm going in the right direction, I hope. Um, I can tell you that there is not a lot of quality, depth, in-depth information on risk management framework out there. So please keep doing your best to bring this content forward if possible. Yes, I intend to. I am interested in investing in two of your courses, Risk Management Framework Foundations and Security Control uh, Documentation. I wanted to ask if uh, you cover the process procedure for on developing the SLCM, that's Continuous Monitoring, that's System Level Continuous Monitoring Strategy. Um, in, in any case, um, in any of those courses, yes, I do. And I'm going to show you, I'll show you what I'm talking about. And it say, it goes on to say, I have been assigned the task on my job and it's something I have never done before in my brief time in risk management framework. So I, I'm looking for any information on the process and steps applicable to documentation, uh, needed to support the strategy plan. Okay. Um, I would appreciate it if you would let me know this specific area is if this specific area is addressed in any of your courses. Yes. Okay. Now I've already responded to Mr. Andre, but I would like to just show because I know this is this may be a question that other people are going to ask. So what I'll do is let me just switch over so you can see what I'm seeing here. And uh, show you exactly where I cover this and how much of it I cover. Okay, first of all, the one that it's in is the Risk Management Framework ISO course that we discussed earlier. And uh, it is part of this whole process. And where I talk about it, if you go down, it's actually one of the actual phases and one of the steps that you do in Risk Management Framework. So I have to cover it. Um, is monitor right here this one right here and you can show you the content of where I cover this information so there's a video that I do for this and there's a couple downloadables that that go into this and my plan is to expand on this and go into greater detail about risk management framework um, risk management risk management frameworks interpretation of continuous monitoring and what you do. Um, I have a lot to say on this. This is something I've done in my career with multiple departments, multiple agencies. And so each one 
does it differently. That's what I'll how I'll put it. Like each one has their own documentation uh, style. Some of them have like a database that they use, and you continuously you monitor each one of the security controls on that database. Some of them have like a spreadsheet, which sucks, but they still use spreadsheets. And they'll have like a breakdown of all the controls, and you'll have to figure out um, and monitor the security controls on that on that documentation. Now, you said that your the organization that you work for already has a strategy, so really all you want to do is follow is read through their security policy first of all, and then pay specific attention to their strategy on continuous monitoring because it's going to tell you the frequency of how often they look at those uh, they look at those controls it's going to tell you that it's going to look at it's going to tell you what kind of documentation if it's very thorough it's going to tell you what kind of things that they that they expect when you're doing continuous monitoring and then the the organization will have some sort of a document or a database or something that they use to actually track all continuous monitoring. It may be EMAS, it may be Exacta, it may be uh, Archer, it may be, there's all kinds of systems out there that organ, large organizations use, but in those gigantic databases that are collecting all this and managing all this data and governing all this information, um, that's where you're going to do the continuous monitoring but some smaller organizations are still on the are still on the actual uh, spreadsheets and let me see what let me see if I can do something here i would like to show you like a live quick live demonstration of what this document might look like uh i i have done this before on different videos um and so i would like to show you kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about continuous monitoring. Um, just to give you an example. So again, the frequency is something that's determined. It's not determined by you. It's determined by the organization. And that frequency, security policy, security, that frequency could be once a year, can be twice a year, but they're the ones system security plan but they're but the organization's the one that determine that so that's one of the main things as an ISO that you have to figure out like what when are they putting this forward like what uh, what is our frequency and then it's like okay how are we actually doing this like what what is the process of actually doing this and I'm not I'm actually not seeing it here um, you know what I'll do I think what I'll do is just go ahead and do a complete uh, separate video on continuous monitoring. I think that's what I'll do. And I'll expand on my actual course on continuous monitoring. I have it. It's just not on this drive, I think. Because I would, re I think that I really need to go in, in more detail on that. So I, that's my promise to you. I'm going to go ahead and do that because I do not right now on this system have it. But I do have it somewhere. <laughs> All right, let me. I'm gonna go on to the next question here. Go on to the next question. Somebody asked me about. Okay. All right. This one says, and this is the first time I'm seeing this one. It says, "Hi, Bruce. My name is Germ is Jeremy, and I purchased your resume marketing for IT course." I've watched it all the way through. Uh, my question is, how do you list technical experience that does that doesn't come from an accredited college? Please imagine if you taught a person a series of classes to teach people cybersecurity governance, risk management framework, what we're talking about here. Um, I spent two years learning the job of an ISO and a, an SCA, which is security uh, security control assessor the series of courses were taught by someone like you and we actually did the work such as a ssp we oh so they created a ssp contingency plan plan of action and milestone 
uh, and PTA, which I think is physical uh, private privacy threshold assessment to PTA. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and even uh, learning schematics in those courses. Uh, not to mention, we went through all the security controls in the in the uh, 853 Rev 4. How can I effectively transfer this experience to my resume and profile on the various job listing sites? I'm in the process of a career change, and um, but I want to put that on my resume. Okay, so I would say, Jeremy, if you if you happen to watch this, how I would do this is first of all, if you if you send me your resume, I could take a look at it, and you may already have plenty of experience, and I can show you how to word. The experience you do have um, but one of the things that you could possibly do I'd have to know more about the training that you did uh, is is label it as creating it uh, with the with the institution but I'd have to really know more you know and I'm not suggesting you you lie about your on your resume or anything like that but there, there might be a way that you can word it in such a way to show, hey, I have experience with this. Off the top of my head, one of the things that you can do and like a lot of people do as they're going through their resume is, is actually say, I have experience uh, creating a plan of action and milestone. You know, because if you... You can also list it as familiar, familiar with risk management framework process, and then say on there have created X amount of plan of action milestones, have act, has have completed X amount of system security plans, you know, and just explain, be truthful about it. The thing I would say, the best thing that you can do, Jeremy, if you happen to be watching this, is to be truthful on your resume and just just explain, hey, I've done these before, and I'm very familiar with the process. And then when they ask you if you have experience, you can just be frank with them and say, I have experience creating them, but you know, honestly, I've never worked in a federal organization. I've never worked with a state organization, but yes, I've done them before. That's the truth. You've actually created them before. You want to word that on your resume. And then when you get in the, the reason why you don't want to lie is because when you get in the resume and when you get into the interview, they're going to ask you and you have to be honest. Honesty really comes through. Honesty comes through very effectively. And if you're honest with them, when you get in the position, if you should get in the position, you're going to look like a golden child because you were very honest about your actual experience. And if they know that you're an entry-level person, they're not going to treat you like a master technician at it, right? They're going to treat you like somebody who needs to be uh, an apprentice and, and they're going to train you up on what you need to know. So, it will be very, very beneficial to you if you do, do list it on your resume, but be truthful and honest about it so that when you get into the interview, you can – the truth of who you are and your skill set will come through. And then when you get the job, when you do get the job, you're going to shine because they're going to be like, okay, this guy, he knows how to do plan of action and milestones, but he's never done one for a department of agriculture. He's never done one for – Department of Defense. He's never done so. Less. Where he's going to be in an apprenticeship, and he's going to go alongside this other person who's done fourteen or fifteen of these for the Department of Agriculture. You know. So, so just keep that in mind, Jeremy. I hope you uh, see this and and send me your resume. I'll I'll check it out. Okay, I've got a message from Chris. How are you doing, Chris? He says, Hey, Bruce. I hope all is doing going well. Hope you're doing well. I also like to go on the record having started. Uh, stated how valuable this course the courses are man thanks a lot appreciate that he says i um i know you have stated multiple times that the iso role uh is to work with the SME, yes and not to regulate not to be the regulation interpreter as well as the control implementer um having said that sometimes we find ourselves in multiple role positions uh, just see, this is this is a man who's really in the field. <laughs> um, and what you what do you recommend is best the best source for achieving controls? Okay, let's answer the first question right here because this is a really this is a really important one. So Chris is is talking about hey, you know you shouldn't be all you shouldn't be all things at once to all people, 
But sometimes when you get in these organizations, especially small or medium organizations who don't have enough expertise, they'll have you wearing several hats. And sometimes those hats have a conflict of interest. What I mean to say is you're supposed to have something called separation of duties for certain roles. For example, the ISO is not really supposed to be the same person who's the system administrator, but a lot of times in organizations, this is exactly what they do because um, they don't they don't have they do what they can with what they have, and all that means is that at some point, the organization, some auditor, some assessor somewhere, when they come to your organization, they're going to see that, and it's just a matter of time before they mark that down as hey. You need to have separation of duties, and then they'll you'll say, "Well, what do you mean?" And their your organizational, I mean, they're going to tell your organization, "Hey, you've got the security. The guy who's supposed to be looking at the security logs is the same person who controls the implementation of the system. So what that person can do is they could actually hack the system. Not saying that they would, but somebody." could go in there and hack the system and then cover their tracks. They can go into the back end of the logs and then delete them because they have this, the rights to do that. So if you get yourself in that situation, if you happen to be in an organization that has dual-hatted and you're doing the system security administration for that server or that system and you're the person monitoring the logs and making sure the logs have you know proper protection, one thing you can do and one thing your organization can do, and I've seen do, done before, a common practice, best security practice, is to separate the accounts. Like, in other words, you have one account, and, and it's kind of a ghetto thing to do. It's not like, you, there's ways around this, but, you know, but the, the least you can do is have at least two accounts. Like, one account is just a system administrator, and all that person, all that account does is implement controls you know implement controls make sure the system works properly and then you have another separate account and that's maybe an ISO account and that ISO account all that that ISO account doesn't necessarily have admin rights it's just a normal standard uh, account maybe they have access to the logs or something but they don't they have a limited system administrator privileges right um, and that way you have one account that's being tracked you know, uh, via Active Directory or whatever system you have in place. And you have uh, the other account being tracked whenever they create user accounts or whenever they access privileged files or whatever. But you have a running toll, a running account and logs on what each account is doing. That way, if something happens, you'd be able to say, okay, this account at this time frame was doing this and this account at this time frame was doing that you know so you could have two separate accounts that are doing or have a role in two separate things but you're the person that's doing them that's one thing you could do you i've seen organizations do like a log book and never they log into that's a real old school but that uh, that's one thing i've seen you want to have some way of tracking what you're doing on each one of those roles you know what i mean so that's one thing that i've seen done before there's ways around that, but you know, it really anything could be. Ideally, what you want is a separate person with a separate account doing a separate role. That way, there's complete separation of duty. You know, and and another thing you could do is if you if you know that there's a no separation of duty for these two roles that are have a conflict of interest, you could just annotate it and say we know you know our organization knows that this is a conflict of it's a we're we have a lack of separation of duties, but we have a plan of action going forward to fix this once we hire this person once we create this role you know, that's just a couple things that you can do for separation of duties that i've seen done in the past okay now chris goes on to say what what do you recommend as the best resources for achieving the controls um okay i can answer that one and more specifically which to choose which to choose to fulfill the control requirements and how to implement the controls would be uh, this would be the STIGs or what? Yes, yep, you got it. So it'd be, STIGs is one way, but there's a couple of other ways you want to implement controls. Let me see if I can bring up some stuff here. I'm going to bring up some stuff that we can look at together. NIST 800. 
uh, 53, no. NIST, uh, actually, you want to know how to implement the controls. So we're just going to go to NIST. We're going to go to the STIGs. Let's just go to the STIGs. Stop messing around with this. Go to the STIGs, and let me show you my screen real quick of one of the places that you that you could use to implement controls. Excuse me, and, and actually this guide right here is a manual version, but they have STIGs that are, uh, you have an automated version of this. And I don't have access, if you, if you are on a Department of Defense system and you have access to the, in, really, Department of Homeland Security might have access Certain agencies might have access, and the Department of Defense has access. But let me show you what I'm talking about here. Disa. Dot mil. Stigs. Because Disa has a really good suite of tools for this. So you know what? Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm gonna do. Let me just show you this real quick, so I don't get too sidetracked here. So first of all, this stig covers every aspect of security on all every kind of new system that they're using uh is on here is on this list right so i mean just let me just kind of scroll through and just randomly choose something like this ibm mq applications there there's a stig for this and it tells you what things to look out for and it's constant constantly updated these v ids are constantly updated and it's telling you what you should see on this system right now this is just thousands and thousands of different controls and thousands of different breakdowns of how to actually how to actually fix this and um, just all kinds of stuff right this is a juniper router and this is telling you hey group accounts if they have a group account uh, group accounts must be configured to use uh, the network device and description is group accounts configured to use on the network device do not allow for accountability uh, or uh, repudiation of the individual. So there you go. So this is actually telling you what you should see, what you should implement uh, as a security person. Um, but let me go a little further here. Let me show you some really cool, some of the cooler tools that uh, are out there that I used to use a lot. Not so much anymore. I'm not in this space. But um, this is, man, they keep changing this thing. It looks different every time I come here. But if you go to public.cyber.mil or disa.mil, um, you'll see downloadable tools that you can use that actually goes through that huge list that we showed. It has an automated tool that quickly scans your system, like whether it's a server or Windows 10 or or red hat or whatever it has a script that will go through scan it and tell you hey you need to have all of these things and it makes it a lot easier for us implementing security controls because we can then um focus just on this list now it's going to be a list of like two three hundred things items but it's at least somewhere where you can start right because a lot of things that you don't have to worry about it just focuses on the things that you should worry about let me show you the stig uh downloadable I can, and I'm not going to be able to download this thing uh, and I, I have I might have an old copy of it and I plan on doing a whole course about this at some point when I get more time because um, this is something I did a lot you know and every now and then somebody will contact me and I'll do it for them like I'm still sometimes I'll do <laughs> side projects while I'm helping people do this uh cloud computing look at this cloud computing holy crap this is new look at this Wow. So look at this. This is a cloud computing security guide, uh, security requirements guide. This guide right here will walk you through what you want to see for cloud computing. Now, here it is right here. And it's, it, this is specifically for, let me see if I can make this bigger. I don't know why I can't, I can't make it bigger. But this is for um, Akam, Akamai. So I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I've not worked with that system before. But yeah, best practices for cloud computing owners. And this is like a downloadable that you can get. Um, yeah, here it is right here. 
and uh, this is walking you through like the, what they want to see for a federal system. Unclassified, I, I just, I'm a civilian. I don't have access to any of this, this is stuff, but this is free for anyone to download. So, you know, there you go right there. And this is telling you what you should see at this level, what, what kinds of things you see at that level. Very useful tools, very useful, you know. And if you're talking about cloud technologies, which is I've talked about several times on this channel, it, you really want to go to FedRAMP. That's really where you want to go. The FedRAMP is the end-all, be-all, has everything you need uh, for this. So this is kind of a limited limited page. For FedRAMP is where you want to go. But we're not talking about FedRAMP. We're talking about STIGs. So I want to see if I can download the actual application for STIGs. And I'm, I'm not seeing where, where's the, where is it, man? They changed this. They're always changing stuff, man. It's annoying. I mean, just always changing stuff. All right. Okay. I think it's on this page right here. I'm on cyber.mil, stigs, forward slash stigs. And I'm looking for... And I'm sure one of you guys knows exactly where to look for this. Uh, here it is. R R S R G STIG tools. Now they have a breakdown. It's, it's not very intuitive, but they have a, a very good guide on how to do all this. It's very thorough. I'll, I'll give this to the Department of Defense. They're very, very, very thorough. Very thorough. So it walks you through how to download it, how to use it, what you should see, everything. And as you can see, they have one for Linux, for Mac, for Win64. You know, they phased out 32, I think, Windows 32, um, a long time ago. But yeah, here it is right here. And there's an actual, um, there's an actual software that I don't, let me see if I can download it. Oh, look at that, I can download it. So there's a, there's a, there's two different tools. One's called a Stig Viewer, which I'll see if I can bring up here. And the other one's called, uh, oh my gosh, SCC Tool, which is SCAP Control Checker, something. I, I hope I'm getting that, that right. And that one I think you can't, I can't download as a civilian. But if you have access on DOD, then you can, you can actually get it. Because you'll use your cat card and it'll download it and stuff. It's really, it's that, that tool, the other tool, the, the Stig, the Checker one, that one is really cool because it will actually, it will break down, it will go through your system, tell you what controls that it sees, and then I think it can even implement them for you. I don't recommend implementing it uh, from that stig, uh, from that software, but I I believe that you could actually download it. But here here's the stig viewer though. The stig viewer allows you to kind of plug in any kind of applications that you're using so and I yeah just, I'm not sure if oh okay I gotta unzip it first okay my bad gotta unzip it before I do that it's probably dangerous for me to do this live to be honest with you <laughs> there it is right there this is the Stig Viewer right here. And just go to, first step, go to disa.mil, find the Stig site. Now they call it cyber.mil forward slash Stigs. Go there, download the Stig Viewer. The Stig Viewer is going to be like a checklist, right? It's a manual process where you will upload, let's say you're looking at Office 2016 or whatever, right? You would get Office 2016 and upload it into this stig viewer it will tell you everything it wants you to that you should be looking at right it'll be like 100 200 items but right off the bat you'll be able to eliminate some things like you'll be like okay well yes we have office but we don't use uh we don't use um word or whatever right and you can just eliminate those controls or we we use office but we don't use uh visio or something and that will eliminate some of those controls and you will go through and you'll check off and, and then it'll also tell you what categorization of the, and this is really useful it'll show you what categorization of the control is in other words you have a you have a high medium and low impact so if it's a high you want to start with your high impact items 
high impact meaning like if you don't fix this thing on this office 2016 system somebody can just use any password username and then they can get in and own the whole box you know that's a category one uh, a category one type thing if if it's moderate it's like okay well somebody could corrupt the information but they got to go through all these different steps and then low is like this this is an update that could be exploit it in the future but there's no specific thing for it right so it goes from one level of risk to another level of risk and this is where the stig viewer shines because it's telling you the levels of risk that you're seeing and um, i'd have to upload the stigs and stuff and that's I, I hope that this was helpful to you but here's here's everything right here i wonder if i could find the other the other um tool that's a really good tool it's called SCC, and that tool is very effective. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing. They keep moving stuff around, so every time I come here, I'm, I'm. It takes me on a journey. Like it's a, <laughs> I'm on a journey, and I'm, I'm learning stuff again, over and over again. So, at least they're keeping up with the times or trying to. I'm looking for the other tool. Where is that thing? Okay, anyway, I hope that that helps. Another thing that you can do for security um, implementation is to go to the actual vendor. Like if you're working on a Microsoft 2010 system, the vendors will have the best information. Way better than Stigs. Way better than... If you're working on an Oracle database, you know, 11G or whatever they're up to now... You could go to the actual Oracle site and see what's the most recent updates and patches and what kind of zero-day exploits that they just found and things like that. That's this is gonna be your best source every time. The the vendor stigs are helpful. Uh, and then there's another site I can quickly show you. And that one is called uh, NASA NSA. NSA.gov has a really good, really good manuals. Now, as soon as I go on the site, they're going to be monitoring my IP. I don't care. They already know everything about me anyway. So, um, so where is it? It's uh, These guys have been pretty consistent too. Not as deep and consistent as DOD, but they have a lot of really good resources that I'm surprised people don't know about. And one of their best ones is this is their security configuration guides, which I'm looking for here. Where is it? Educators? No, professionals. Okay, I think this is it. Yeah, security advisories and and technical guidance. I think this is it right here. Uh, yeah, here it is right here. This is, this is I've been using this for years and years for for uh, configuring systems. This is all publicly available information, nothing classified here. And all they do is they, they go to the actual source. They go to the Microsoft uh, technical guidance. They go to the Red Hat technical guidance. Let's, let's look at Red Hat. Let's see if Red Hat is on here. Red Hat. Let's see, show you what I'm talking about for implementation guides. Really good guidance. And as I say, really good guidance, I can't find Red Hat. <laughs> They probably call it something else. Uh, it's usually called R H E L. And nope, I don't know R H E L. Where is that? Ah, oh, here's one. So they have their own uh, ver uh, version of Linux, by the way. And that's what the SE Linux is. I believe it was developed by them. I can't find Linux on here. What's, that's so weird. Practice. God, that's not it. No. I know they have Red Hat on here. Maybe they have Linux. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're trying to be not specific to anyone. See, now I'm going down a rabbit hole. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Oh, here we go. Implement implementing SE Linux. Uh, enhanced Linux uh, papers. Anyway, just go to this site, uh, just nsa.gov, and you'll see you'll see what I'm talking about. This is not yeah, I, for some reason I can't find Linux, but it's 
they have stuff on here that's really good, really good guidance for security, uh, for technical security implementation. So I hope that answers your question, Chris. And I've got some other people here. Let me see. Um, let me see. Kobe, uh, Kobe. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Can you add a video full of details about the job of an assessor <laughs> with with templates for SAR and SAP, etc.? I'm done with your ISO class on your website. I loved it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for watching. Um, the reason why I laughed about the security assessor one is uh, I get that question like it, uh, a lot. So I, I know I need to do that course. I mean, I get and I actually do assessments like that's the funny thing about it is that um, I've been focusing my time on the ISC2 cap and risk management framework and kind of a overview of security uh, for risk management framework and ISOs and stuff. But my I've kind of taken a left turn and start doing mostly assessments and risk uh, risk management, like actually working with organizations to manage risk and stuff like that. And that that has a lot of security assessments in it. So this is something I can I could probably do off the top of my head, just turn a camera on and just start talking because uh, I've just been doing it so in depth now these days. I just have not had time to do it. So I, I'm definitely, I can tell you this, Kabi, I'm definitely going to do this. I'm definitely working on doing this. It's on my list of things to do. It's it's on my short list of things to do. Right now, I am working on a CAP course, and that is going to take us a while to do because <laughs> it's just like very comprehensive. But I want to do this. As a matter of fact, I might be able to show you something I already started trying to do because I keep getting the same request over and over. So I know there's a need and I, and and you got to respond to needs, you know. Uh, let me see if I can show you what I already started on with that one. Kind of like every now and then I'll just do a side project and start messing with it and uh, to figure out how I want to how I want to break it out and what I want to do and stuff like that. Cause I would like to do like a, an initial free course and, uh, and then, and then kind of like I've done in the past, I, I'll do like a free course, kind of like to put the, the line out there, you know, see if there, I get any hits, see if anybody is like interested in it and, um, and then figure out if I want to do it. And that's kind of what I'm doing with this. Because I've gotten the same request over and over again. Let me show you what I I've got it up here on the screen. So I'll, I'll share that with you guys. So I started kind of messing with it and breaking out what essentially it's going to be another part of risk management framework ISO work. Because this is part of what we do as an ISO is you have to do you have to be a part of the entire process start to finish. So one of those, one of the parts of that system, of uh, that process, one of those steps is called assess. And that means assessing the security controls. So I'm going to make a whole course dedicated to assessing security controls. And I'm thinking about doing one for, uh, for um, continuous monitoring too, because that's also its own course. It's going to be start off as a mini course and then I'm going to expand on on it, like where it's deeper and it's paid and stuff like that. But the initial one is be a downloadable quick video and just like, hey, down and dirty if you want to just get in there. But if but I'm going to do one, a more comprehensive one for if you want to be an SCA, like full time, like what kinds of things you need to do, how to schedule and um, assessments, different assessments you can do and and how to do interviews and stuff. And maybe I'll just make that whole thing free. I don't know. We'll see. Or extremely cheap. Um, so yeah, that an I hope that answers your question. I'm working on it. I, I don't have a time frame on when I'm going to have it done, to be honest with you. I mean, I just have a lot of things going on right now. I've got too many irons in the fire and it's time for me to like stop making promises I can't keep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm hoping to knock it out by next year. I could say that much. I could say 2021 sometime, but right now I'm working on a 
the cap course is going to take us until at least February, maybe, maybe, maybe April. I don't know. March, April, May. It's going to be, it's a lot of work. So, all right, guys, I think that that's it. I've been talking for about an hour. Um, I appreciate everybody who joins me from week week to week. Um, um, I'm just keeping you guys updated on what's going on and, and, um, and trying to add more value to the courses that you've already purchased and uh and i hope i'm doing that effectively and if not let me know if there's a place i can improve if there's things that i should add that you felt like were lacking please let me know i would like to improve i would like to get better i would like to add more value and um that is it for this week thank you guys for listening thank you for watching i appreciate everybody and 